Hey guys and welcome back to the channel. We have a very exciting video to bring you. Novak Djokovic. For some people, he's the greatest player ever to hold a tennis racket. But one thing is undoubtedly true. He's definitely one of the greatest ever. One of, for sure. For sure. We're going to break down Djokovic and his game, technically, and also looking at it from a more strategic point of view as well, and what makes him so good as a tennis player. A lot of you will know that I went to the Labour Cup recently, video clips as well that I took myself, so footage that is my own, that I will talk you through and walk you through as well and give you guys my verdict on his game as a whole. And then at the end, I'll talk about what that means in the whole scheme of things. So let's get into this. Before we do though, remember to hit that like button and subscribe if you are new. Also leave a rating or review if you are listening or watching on a podcast platform. We really do appreciate it. So let's start off with the facet of any tennis player's game, which is arguably the most important, and that is the serve. Now Novak Djokovic over the years has continually tweaked his serve and in improved it to a level that now a lot of people might even say it's similar or even on par with a Federer-like serve in terms of its potency. Now, I'm going to bring up a clip now to show you Djokovic serving whilst he was warming up against TFO before their match at the Labour Cup. So let's have a quick look at that. So you'll see here Djokovic very compact, very tight in terms of the way that he has just served there. Uh, we're also going to look at it in slow motion in a second. But you can just see very compact, cocked wrist, of course. And before he had a lot of moving parts, there's not as many moving parts anymore. It's very tight, very compact, as I said. And it just means that he's able to transfer his kinetic energy efficiently through the motion. Now we're going to have a look at it in slow motion. So you can see here that Everything is just all aligned, all aligned perfectly almost. And the toss, of course, what's good about the toss? Well, the way that he's able to not just generate power, but also rush the opponent and, and has, a, has been able to actually bulk up the serve in terms of MPH or miles per hour and consistently serve at 120 miles per hour plus is having a very consistent ball toss. His groupings are fantastic. But if you're looking at it from a, you know, you're serving, and say you're serving front on, which is not what you're supposed to do, but let's say you're serving. Front on is 12 o'clock. His toss is at 2 o'clock. And slightly in front of it, into the motion of his serve. And it just means that, again, his weight is transferred forward efficiently. So we're going to look at it now from the juice, sorry, from the ad side now. And you can see there, uh, beautiful arc over the ball, uh, which just means he's able to get that, that spin on the ball that he'd like uh, going into the backhand of the opponent. Again, this is in the warm-up. So this is him not going 100%, but really honing and just getting that muscle memory through and into his game or into his, into his kit bag as he prepares to uh, compete against Francis Tiafo. Then if we look at it in slow motion again here, you can see very, very similar uh, from the juice side. Again, very, very, 
very good in terms of the way that he's got that cocked, cocked uh, wrist. So he's obviously making sure that he's in chopper grip. He's wanting to get a spin on the ball. And then the toss again, exactly the same position that it was before. The height is very similar. The grouping in terms of the direction is very similar, if not the exactly the same. And then he is extending fully whilst making contact with the ball there. And that's exactly what you want to see from someone. So that is, I guess, a little bit and a very small comment on his technical, I guess, technical efficiency now on his serve. It's become a very efficient tool in his kit bag. It's also an incredible weapon. And when they go through some of the points, actually, that he played uh, where the serve was just so, so good. You can see here from the juice side, I mean, down the tee, pinpoint accuracy from Djokovic. TFO not able to get it back into play. Then we can see another example here from the ad side, where again, he's gone into the backhand. Now that's something that, you know, he maybe didn't have the ability to do a few years back. Uh, the serve was quite inconsistent and he probably wasn't able to hit his spots as well as he is now. What's happened is because it's become so efficient in the way that he serves and that technically as well, he's just, it's just become so much more simplistic, but in a good way, there's less moving parts and the grouping of his toss is so good that he's able to not only make sure that his groupings are the same, but able to manipulate his serve out wide, down the tee, to the body effectively. And it makes it a lot, heat, a lot harder, sorry, even to read, which is incredible because that then gives him such an advantage on the returners and it makes it a lot harder for returners to anticipate where he's serving. You can see another example from the ad side going out wide, ace this time to wrap up a game to love. And look, I mean, we weren't seeing this consistently from Djokovic only really until what Australian Open 2021, maybe I'd say, uh, or 2020 at a, at a maximum. I mean, before then, we weren't really seeing consistent aces, consistent unreturnable serves. Yes, of course, they would be in his game, but you can see here with the clip we're about to see it, you can see that the speedometer saying 122 miles an hour as he serves one from the juice side. Into the backhand down the tee, uh, clearly targeting the TFO backhand return, and then a slice backhand into TFO's backhand. Good approach shot coming forward, and we'll talk about that in a second because, yes, his serve has been bulked up. It's more simplistic. The toss, as I mentioned, the power has definitely increased. So power actually has increased, which is perfect. He's hitting his spots, which is incredible as well. Now let's talk about his serve and what comes off his serve. Uh, so we've just seen an example of him serving and then approaching into the net. Uh, good backhand slice to approach. Now let's have another look at an example here. So you can see serve going down the tee. And uh, it's actually a pretty good return from TFO deep into the backhand corner. He goes into win forehand Djokovic, then comes to the net, approaches it beautifully. And uh, you can see a couple of volleys to put away the point. And that's a fantastic example of Djokovic evolving. That wouldn't be a point that he would normally play. I mean, it wouldn't be, would it, in the past? It's not something that was natural to him growing up and playing tennis, coming forward to the net and choosing the right opportunities. And also you can see there the fact that his forehand has been bulked up. In the past, he maybe wouldn't have run around to his forehand side. He would have hit his backhand, which is so good as we know. But he's willing 
to have that trade-off of saying I'm able to hit a more aggressive forehand from that angle. Uh, and Tifa didn't do a lot wrong in that point, if you look at it. Um, the, the return, right, into the backhand corner. And we'll have a look at the point again. Actually, let me just bring it up again. So you can see TFO going, you know, very block return into the backhand corner, massive into and forehand. TFO on the back foot slices short and straight away Djokovic comes forward, hits the approach cross court, then a backhand volley and then a, a kind of smash volley in the end to put it away. And that's something that has been very impressive about Djokovic is his willingness to adapt and learn. And I think he's now got such a complete game generally that, you know, he arguably is potentially one of the most complete players, if not the most complete player on tour in terms of, uh, you know, kind of attributes. We'll talk about that maybe a bit later, but that's something to me which has, well, did really impress me whilst watching him is just his versatility. And it's so important at this level. And not just at this level, but you can have massive weapons. But what if they aren't working on the day? Well, he has different things to then kind of lean on to say, well, actually, but I can do X, Y, and Z. I don't need to just focus and try and, you know, just commit and have all my eggs in one basket with one specific tactic and, and strength. I actually have so many different strengths that I'm able to utilize them. So that's what was so impressive about seeing him as well and just seeing how he's really adapted and evolved throughout the years. And then we can see here an example of, I guess, server volley. Now, I didn't manage to get a match example, but what I did manage to get, which is really fun to watch, is Djokovic and Murray warming up before Djokovic's match at the Labour Cup against Francis TFO. And Murray was warming Djokovic up. So, I mean, it was incredible to see two of the big four just hitting from the back of the court. And one of the drills they did was Djokovic serving and volleying. And this is an example of something that... The fact that Djokovic is practising this before the match, to me, means that he has taken, again, advanced steps towards where he wants to be. He knows that he can't afford to just have long point after long point after long point like he did when he was younger. He's adapted his game for longevity. And a good example is the clip that I'm about to show now, which is Djokovic going out wide with the serve and Morales just returning it back into play. And it's a, it's a really good drop volley from Djokovic. Now, of course, it's not a match situation, but it shows... a I guess it's a good example of Djokovic being willing to come forward behind the serve, whether it is just you know the one plus shot or eventually in that point. He's not scared anymore to come to the net. He's not just a baseliner. He is a all-rounder, as you might say. And his hands at the net also have improved immensely. He's probably not as natural at the net as, say, a Federer. And some people might say Nadal is the best at the net anyway, generally. Uh, because just the way that he's able to manipulate the ball. But Djokovic, don't sleep on his ability at the net. Um, it's definitely not his biggest strength, but it's, you know, we're talking about Federer and Nadal, right, in terms of, like, hands in the net. But Djokovic is best them in other aspects. The fact that he's so high up in terms of ability at the net is really, really impressive. And it's definitely improved and it's continually improving. And, and a big, I guess, a big contributed to that will be the fact that he's got Goran Ivanisevic in his corner who is one of the best servers ever and also was a very good volleyer as well then we can talk about I guess his return game and that is you know the more well-known quality that he had in his game arguably the best returner of all time I know percentage wise Nadal has the most percentage of return games won 
Djokovic not too far behind. But I think, and everyone will know I'm actually a Nadal fan, but I'm happy to concede that I think Djokovic generally is a better returner than Nadal. I just think he is. I just think the way that he returns um, is just phenomenal. Uh, and there's only one real kind of maybe weakness in a perceived weakness in his return game, and that's the kick serve for his backhand. But there's a couple of points that I'll show in a second, which are kick serves to his backhand, and he still comes out on top. So we're going to go through some of the points, uh, return points, and you also see what it really takes to beat Djokovic um, in a second as well, especially in this form that he was at against TFO, because he even said after he was seeing it like a beach ball, and this is probably close to optimum Djokovic. Uh, I mean, as close to optimum Djokovic as you'll see. You can see here Francis TFO uh, going down the body, well, into the body of Djokovic. The return's pretty short from Djokovic, but he somehow manages to win it with uh, some incredible play from the back of the court. We'll watch that again, actually, uh, because you can see it's short there. TFO goes into the forehand of Djokovic, and Djokovic says, nope, you're not going to be able to volley at the net. Makes it difficult for him and then passes him at the net. And that is actually a break of serve. We're going to see another point coming up uh, in a second, um, which is TFO from the ad side. Going out wide to the Djokovic backhand, and uh, it's a backhand to backhand exchange. And Djokovic changes to line with a beautiful backhand up the line, then goes forehand on the line. And look at what TFO has to do. Djokovic in control of that whole point, but TFO has to come up. The only way that he was able to win points a lot of the time in this match, because Djokovic was playing so well, was being able to do special things like this. And Djokovic, you can see, is completely in control, and at the end. TFO with an incredible backhand pass. I mean, he manipulates it with his wrists. Incredibly well, Djokovic coming into the net. Djokovic has done nothing wrong there. Nothing wrong. It's just so good from TFO. I mean, it's elite level of tennis in terms of that backhand uh, that he's played. And that is what TFO was having to do to win points against Djokovic. He's really having to work hard because that's how well Djokovic was playing. But we'll see another example of a similar point here with TFO on the juice side. And this time, it's actually a kick serve into Djokovic's backhand. So let's bring that up. And you can see, uh, again, yeah, kick serve into Djokovic's backhand. He steps in, though, and then goes backhand into the forehand corner, then goes down the line with the backhand. TFO flicks it into the net. Now, that was actually the last point of the match. And you can see a similarity, right? Now, he actually comes to the net quicker in this point than the previous point. That's not the reason why he's won the point. It's just the fact that TFO can't come up with and conjure these incredible shots consistently. It's just impossible. It's not sustainable. And Djokovic's returning is just that good. And that's what was so impressive. And when we look at the returns, and if you saw the, when you see the clips, technically from a technical standpoint, and we'll look at some more clips as returning in a second, especially in the warm-up, which he had uh, with Murray, He's got a wide, solid base, simple, elastic spring, a short take back, so very short take back, uh, and it's all about timing. And if you look at his returns, it's all about depth and direction. doesn't necessarily need to be depth and direction, but at least one of the two. And he doesn't go too big. He doesn't overcommit to the return, which is why he makes so many returns. Um, the kick serve return is that weakness now. I think on a clay court, it can be, and that's what Alcaraz did against Djokovic, obviously, this year, and there was a lot of talk about that. I do think on other surfaces, it, it's not really... It's not his best return, but it, I don't think it's a, a natural weakness either. 
on the clay courts, yes. And, you know, I, I can see why that might be the case, but it's still like we're talking about, you know, when I say weakness, I don't mean something that you can just completely overuse against him. It's something that, you know, now and then you can utilize against him and you might not get a, a searing return back in response or a pinpoint you know, res response from Djokovic. Uh, but let's have a look at some of the warm-up points on return. And you, you'll know what I mean about, uh, from a technical standpoint, the short take back, the wide solid base, elastic as well. And of course, the uh, the pure timing that he's able to exude and looking for directions. So either looking to go deep down the middle or go down the line or, or, or down the line or cross court. If you can get the depth, then even better. As you can see here against Murray, uh, Murray going down the tee and Djokovic with the forehand. And you can see there, forehand, he's just gone, okay, it's gone into my forehand. What can I do with this? Now, I want to make sure I'm making it, but I want to get make, get a lot of depth. So he commits to going hard down the middle. Now, that is going to be very hard for the returner to get back. It's almost right at their feet to try and get back into play. Then we've got Murray here from the juice side going into Djokovic's backhand. Again, Djokovic nailing it down the middle again, that's so hard for a returner to get back into play again, right at the feet of the returner. There's a couple more examples here that I want to show. Uh, so you can see Murray again going into the backhand this time. And instead of the depth, he's gone direction. It's still pretty deep into court, but he's gone into it on the backhand, stepping in down the tee. Now, beautiful backhand. In fact, as you can see he's actually stepped in to that return as well. He's inside the baseline when he's returned that. Uh, and then... That's the returning points I wanted to make, and let me know your thoughts on that. Now we've got to mention, so we've talked about serve, we've talked about return. We have to talk about one of the things that has always been there in Djokovic's game, in addition to his return, and what's that? Shot tolerance. Shot tolerance. One of the biggest things that stood out to me whilst watching him is, yes, how complete his game was, but actually the, his ability to not miss. It's, I mean, unparalleled, I would say. I know people might say, well, what about Medvedev? What about, you know, someone like that? He barely ever misses. What about Nadal? Those guys are incredible when it comes to shot tolerance. But I just don't think anyone really compares to Djokovic. When it comes to shot tolerance, his ability not to miss, the amount of depth that he's able to exude on uh, his ground strokes, and they talk about it. One of the biggest things that you know, I guess, puts or stands Djokovic in higher stead than anyone else, what really kind of pulls him apart from the rest of the pack is the depth in his ground strokes. He hits the ball deeper than anyone else. And there was data behind that as well, behind that comment. And I think that's, that's to do with a few things. And it's to do with the repeatability in his ground strokes. As I said, it's not always massive take backs. He doesn't go massive on everything. He's able to come forward and be aggressive when need be. Uh, and because he's so good, he's able to find timing in positions which you wouldn't expect. Defensively, he's incredible. He doesn't need to hit himself out of trouble like a lot of players do. They will go big. You know, when they're on the stretch on the forehand, they will try and just whip the forehand down the line, go big, get back into neutral. He doesn't really need to. Because he's so good defensively, he's so elastic, he's able to hit, you know, of course, that classic, classic open stance backhand, which is just incredible to see. And I watched, of course, in full flow. 
and he's able to induce mistakes for a lot of forced errors in Djokovic's matches. And it'll be great to see that stat. We don't really normally have that stat available. How many forced errors has Djokovic managed to uh, get out of his opponent? And it would be a lot. It would be a lot. And, and the best thing about this is that because he's so good defensively and because he's now bulked up his game, he's able to not only stick with them in the rally and say, okay, yeah, I'm able to stick with you. I'm able to break you down and might induce an error. But if the opponents actually manage to survive that, that kind of persistent depth, persistent, you know, just kind of gnawing at you, gnawing at you, really making you have to play bigger and bigger, Djokovic is able to hit winners off both wings. His backhand has always been special. It's incredible. Arguably the best two-handed backhand on tour, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe someone like a Zverev might have something to say about that. But definitely, you know, an incredible two-handed backhand. And in my opinion, it is the best. The best thing about the backhand is that in the past, it used to be almost having to be reliant on that because the forehand was more of a rallying tool. But as I mentioned earlier, the forehand has bulked up. So now he's able to hit winners off both wings. The forehand now he's able to step in. And I definitely think he's looked at Federer because Federer is five years older and said, okay, how has Federer managed to play for so long? He's now just retired Federer at the age of 41. How has he managed to play for so long? Serve and forehand integral to that. And not just serve and forehand, but serve and one plus plays. Serve, then forehand for the one plus shot. Getting on the front foot straight away, shortening points when you can. And that's what he's been doing. Now, not doesn't do it in all you know every single point, of course, because he's able to have that, he has that flexibility the adaptability to be able to play in different ways, which is incredible. Now, let's talk about, let's have a look, sorry, even, at some of the points which are incredible to watch in his ability to not miss. Enjoy. So you can see TFO going out wide to the back end of Djokovic. He goes down the middle with great depth. And they go back end to back end. You see Djokovic is behind the baseline more than TFO, but he gets into the front foot with what? An incredible in-to-in forehand. The in-to-in forehand is massive from Djokovic. Uh, and let's have a quick look at that point again because, I mean, that's just so good to watch. And, this, and by the way, this is the first point of the match. And it really, to me, gave me an indication of where this match was going to go. Tifo was going to play well, but Djokovic was going to play even better and he was going to be too good. And you can see that induces the mistake from Tifo as he goes long. Then you can see another example here. Djokovic serving goes down a tee into the forehand of Tifo and they go backhand to backhand, slice from Djokovic and... Uh, TFO clips the uh, the net cord and they get into the rally here. And uh, you can see TFO just going along, slice and slice. Djokovic steps in, goes slice, and good depth backhand from TFO. And um, you can see here Djokovic then goes, okay, let's, that's fine. I'll stick with you in the backhand to backhand. TFO goes into him with the forehand, then goes down the line. Djokovic sticks with him. Look how, how deep he's hitting the ball. And then he goes backhand cross, really gets through that one because he's able to step in. TFO makes a mistake and goes long. I mean, what else is there to say apart from he's just so good. He's just so, so good, Novak Djokovic, when it comes to not missing. He is the best in terms of being able to induce errors 
uh, and not miss. And it was incredible to watch because he was in full flow when I was watching him. Now, and he beat TFO in straight sets clinically, clinically. Mentality. I mean, you know, we talk about mentality with players and it can be quite tough when you're watching live to kind of really understand the mentality. But what I would say from what I heard from him after and, and also watched it in terms of his body language is he was just clinical. He was clinical versus TFO. It's his first game back from the layoff due to not being able to play the US Open. And he just almost came in with a point to prove. A point to prove that, you know what? I am the best. You missed me. You're going to miss me. You know what? It's your own fault. And that was incredible to see. It really was. It was incredible to watch. Because he just played so well. Now, I've talked a lot about how good Djokovic is. And I've only really mentioned one slight weakness that might be in his armor, which is that, that backhand uh, return off the kick serve. One thing I will say, and I, you know, this is really the only point that I have to make in terms of a perceived weakness, uh, generally in terms of mentality, because he's such a mental giant. Uh, and obviously we've seen him come out of so many sticky wickets, match points down and still go on to win. Is there's definitely still a want and a need for adoration of the crowd. He wants the crowd to love him. There was a couple of points where, you know, he, he played an incredible point and then he looked at the crowd to kind of say, come on, get behind me. Now, a lot of players do it. They do. But if you look at the biggest, the best players of all time, uh, we're talking about Djokovic, Federer and Nadal. Federer and Nadal don't do that. Have you noticed? Djokovic doesn't always do it. But he does it more than the other two. In fact, he's the only one that does it. Now, that's because there's obviously, and understandably, there's a feeling from him that he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And rightly so. Not just is that a slight perceived weakness. Of course, he talks about it in Paris, the 95% of the crowd behind the dial. And that clearly did have an effect on him. I don't think it affects him so much he's going to lose a match. But I do think that, you know, tennis is such a, a match of small margins that I wonder whether if he was able to just completely block it out like he's been able to in prior years, whether that would really kind of take him to... Um, well, we're talking about next levels. I mean, he's, he's pretty much the top level, but taking him up 0.5% in terms of his gameplay. I wonder, I wonder. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it wouldn't. Or maybe, you know, he when he actually takes it as, oh, you know, the crowd's against me, sometimes he plays even better. I don't know. I don't know. But the verdict is Novak Djokovic is undoubtedly one of the greatest of all time in some people's eyes and arguably they might say the greatest. I guess it remains to be seen. Uh, we'll see how that all uh, kind of unveils itself or ends up unraveling itself in the end. But the verdict is he is, you know, I would say probably the most complete out of the three. As I said, I'm an Nadal fan. I love Federer as well. But in terms of complete game, Djokovic. Now, the reason why I say that is a lot of people say, well, what about Federer? Federer is the most complete, right? Federer, I think, is the most naturally gifted. Nadal is the most is, is the best competitor. Djokovic, in terms of if you look at his game, who would you who would you look get at someone who's wanting to learn tennis? Whose game out of the three 
would be easiest to replicate and probably the best to actually study. Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic. Federer, what he did was so hard to replicate. Offensive game, the way he eats the forehand, takes it in so early. The one-handed backhand is, you know, has its own problems anyway. I think if Federer maybe had a two-handed backhand and it was as good as Djokovic's, then I'm maybe saying maybe it's, maybe it's Federer because his serve is incredible and you can teach that. Um, you know, the, they, the, his backhand slice, incredible. Forehand, amazing. His uh, touch and feel of the net, you know, volleying. I mean, definitely teach Federer's volleying. But you look at Djokovic and now how he's managed to be so efficient now on his serve. It's a simple, basic technique, but a lot of repeatability, repeatability a lot of efficiency uh, gains in that serve. The return, short backswing, uh, very kind of solid, elastic base makes a lot of returns deep into play. Ground strokes, again, very, very simple mechanics. But, well, I say simple mechanics, but simple in the sense that it's simple to watch, it's easy to learn. Is it easy to consistently do and have those results? No, uh, but it's just incredible to watch. Now his ability to come forward, transition, his movement, which I didn't even talk about much in this video. Movement, incredible, incredible. And then his ability to volley now as well. I mean, there's just so much to his game. He was incredible to watch. Uh, and that's been my verdict. I've gone on probably longer than expected on this video because I wasn't expecting it to be this long. But I've just got so much to, to say about Djokovic. And I was so impressed with him when I watched him. And I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Remember to that like button and subscribe if you are new. And we'll see you on the next video. Thank you very much.